You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life, hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative you're insurgency me up, man. in their lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Right, Y generation. Right? So uh, uh, there was a quick switch for Gen to Y, wasn't it? It was. They didn't. We we didn't value. We didn't rate much. So I guess not. Uh, we weren't that cool, honestly, because uh, mm. we weren't quite grunge. Kind of grunge, but a little bit of that, a little bit. Yeah, of that. exactly. We kind of rap. <laughs> compu- yeah, I mean, we, we were, were like the computer X's. dorks, right? We were at the, the yeah. middle Gen X. Yeah, for yeah. everything and, and everybody. It wasn't cool to be mm. Gen X, so they went right to Y, and now you know. Now it's it, cool though. What's up? I don't know if it is being Gen X. I think, I think we're the best generation there is, man. I freaking love our generation. I, X-Men. We're the X-Men, dude. I, I, I'll i I'll stipulate to that. that right, man, right. I'm, I'm, I'm what supporting. What year were you born? 1972. 1972. 1972, Generation X. Five. 75. Still, but barely Generation X. Yeah, I know. And, and you? I'm a goddamn millennial. Are you really? Oh. Seriously? Go <laughs> I think I might go hurt myself. Oh, bro. I'm sorry for you. Really sad. Is that true? <laughs> so it's your fault According that the younger this. <laughs> yeah. What's the, oh, oh, oh go through God. the cutoff from Boomers. Uh, from well, greatest. Boomers, 1946 to 1964. Yeah. Mm. Generation X, 1965 to 1976. Oh. Millennials or Generation Y. They will go by Generation Y. Yeah. Most people don't understand the distinction. Well, there is no distinction, but anyway, 1977 to 1995, and Generation Z, aka iGen, aka Centennials. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, Centennials. That's cool. Um, I'm a after 1996, uh, I don't even know what to say about that. I feel completely goddamn depressed right now you should you're in the most worthless generation in history human history at least i'm Wizard. bringing some youth to this Sound operation like oh my see, god there it is right there parent <laughs> yeah youth yeah that's what it is listen to you guys yeah that's what happened what do you mean no, you're the in there shit. with me dad yeah but i don't help talk out. like a dad yet why don't you help out <laughs> Hey, wait, not, wait, 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 not be a man about it, Marcus, and freaking uh, help out. <laughs> Tyler called me out on the other day. He's like, what are you hungry for? I was like, man, I don't know. I can't really. He's like, way to be a man and not make a decision. I was like, oh, that damn, hurts. you got that me hurts. good, dude. Yep. Yep. But it's true. You know that. It's oh, true. Absolutely, it's true. All right. Aren't we already into the show? Shouldn't we just? What we-, we entered the show via rabbit hole. Mm, good. I like that. So let's just. Let, let's there. keep it going. Let's just Hang come there. to the surface and move forward. What do you say? I, I dig it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boy. No, hold on. This is this is serious, dude. Because what we're doing today, we're having on someone that's serious. 
All right, this guy, he he's the real deal. He is out there perpetuating a lifestyle mentality that's so much more involved than just his brand, right? And I think, you know, in the future when we talk to him about it, you know, he's going to fully describe it's not it's not a brand per se, and I think a lot of marketing people out there want to talk about it as such. This is how the guy is. This is what he cares about. These are the things that he's invested in. This is the mentality that he lives by, that he employs by, that he raises his children by, the way that he integrates with the veteran community, the way that he inspires law enforcement first responders. That's the reality. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he identifies with this this new cultural label that has come from, I mean, primarily veterans and the recent uh, war conflicts says it right here. I think this sums it up pretty good off the uh, website for Rogue American Apparel. We're not a logo or T-shirt apparel brand. We're a straight-up true lifestyle brand. And I, I remember growing up, you, you hear the, the guys. I'm glad that, because you've forgotten a lot of other things. I know. I get hit in the head a lot. <laughs> I'm talking about since I got married, it's died down. You it doesn't happen quite as bad, but, but before <laughs> a lot and a lot of bottom time. Man, I got a lot of time underwater. You know. <laughs> Short a air. lot of soft no line yeah. in that brand. In my head. Or JJ. All, I mean, imagine that. I'm 10 hours underwater with JJ or in my own head. Oh, my God. For all of you who We're don't about know. thousands of hours underwater with this can, dude. Can you just delineate a little bit on, on what it's like being underwater, circulating that oxygen, all that for our, our gas? Man, it, it's, uh, all seals spend, have a lot of bottom time, man. But then there's a section of us, the reconnaissance section, to spend a little bit more time underwater. And when we take a normal dive for the seals is four, what, four. four, four hours, right? Four. Yeah, four to six, if you're pushing a hard one. Uh, a normal dive for, for when we get to uh, the reconnaissance platform is six to eight. And man, on, and then they're all usually wide enough to be long dives. Mine was longest was 10 hours, almost 11, <laughs> 11 hours, man. <laughs> so let me tell you something. It's kind of one of the deals where... When you're underwater, in the beginning, it's just you and your swim buddy, your partner, the whole entire. They keep you together for a reason, so you can learn how to communicate underwater. And but yeah, the, the grunts and moans, right? <laughs> Draggery, body language, yeah. Eye, I mean, reading the eyes, baby, right? Uh, but the amount of time you spend thinking. I mean, you want to talk about everything in alphabetical order, then reverse order in every country and every code and every city and every town. I can say my alphabet backwards from any letter. I, you know, I mean, it's any and all of that stuff, plus whatever he's got going on in his head. So heaven help you if you get an earworm right before you go under. I mean, like some What's song. What's an earworm? Like, an earworm, like the the the, the, uh, the, uh, the chorus to a song, song that stuck, oh, in your head. Oh stuck up in there. And just humming that for 10 hours. and uh, mm, Because there's nothing else you can change it to because there's no other noise. <laughs> Unless it's the Rocky theme. you breathing. <laughs> yeah. What's the What's that? When the doors start shaking. <laughs> when, you get, when you build up speed because there's water. It's, we're wet, right? It's, right. It's, not a, it's a submersible, not a submarine. Yeah. Inside so the, the SDV. Yeah, there's water yeah. in there with us. Oh yeah, it's comfy. And once you get up to speed, sometimes, man, we'll get in these water columns where it'll put it'll it'll compact the, the boat. No, 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 it'll start knocking. <laughs> you know, we're riding on a bomb. It's basically because of how it's it's powered. <laughs> and there's actually a fault system light and all this. We don't ever get to. If you see it, you, it's bad news, right? Right. I've only heard about it once. But all right. So when you were young, what do you mean? We talking about? 
Well, we're talking about West and how the modern era of our veterans oh, yeah, that's culture yeah, that's is permeating <clears throat> into regular, ordinary people are digging yeah. it. They so want to be a part of it. Started talking about being underwater, and I lost every everything. Right, I just kind of <laughs> went bad. into my own head and started. I was like, "You, I'm not supposed to talk. You're supposed to be able to read this." <laughs> This hey, commercial break is sponsored by Soft No Lie. Yeah. Soft No Lie. Soft No Lie. Purify your carbon dioxide for yeah. 30 Swimmer's years. Swimmer's ear. Brought to you <laughs> by Amoebic Dysentery. And <laughs> I can go down the road, baby, with the water and the different stuff that comes with that. All right. But, uh, oh, the Vietnam guys and the World War II guys because my granddaddy and they were all still alive, man, when you... You'd hear about those guys because they were the veterans, right? And then they had the ones that got out and had a business, either uh, went back to the family business or they created something that was real successful. Mm-hmm. And I remember you'd hear, my, I'd hear my father talking about those guys too. And he's like, yeah, man, he was a, he was hardcore in combat. And then you hear those war stories and then he's a great businessman. So those ones that can adapt, push over and, and you know, we're, we sidestep when we have to go fight a war. We just kind of coming off the, gr- the line for a second and go doing our deal. We come back in and fall back into the community and, and push forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think what's critical about Wes and what what he's doing with Rogue American Apparel and a lot of the other guys that are out there, like, you know, one of my favorites is a guy we had on the show as well, you know, Nick from Ranger Up, and and he's been doing it for, I mean, he really was essentially one of the first guys in the game to bring videos and humor and and create Mm -hmm. kind of a lifestyle brand uh, that was a derivative of the militaristic mindset with Ranger Up. And and I love those guys, man. I love Nick. And from, you know, a business aspect, I remember him coming on and and the risk it was and the, having to adapt. I, I just think, you know, Wes, Wes is kind of cut from that same cloth. And uh, I, it's just really cool to see that there's enough of a demand in our society, right? There's enough of an appreciation for where we come from, not only our veteran community, the people, you know, with that have served or parents or whatever that have served that appreciate it, but also, you know, uh, civilians that appreciate the spark that comes from it, the intensity, the focus, the drive, the fun, the old school, right. you know? I mean, you know, you look at Wes's commercials out there and he's he's got, you know, he drives the the Trans Am. He's got the muscle car, the SS. He's got the Maserati. He's got the huge Bronco pickup. You know, I mean, it's he's got the self-made gym. I mean, it's cool stuff. So I think every generation of warfighter has their 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 warfighter identity and their civilian identity. Ooh, is, that's is, interesting. Is, is, is that blowing through? Right? Does that make sense? So you know, the Vietnam guys, amber glasses. You're gonna have the the, the probably the, the cami green top. jacket, yeah, the yeah, Rambo uh, jacket, right? Um, um, like what's his face from uh, Walter, dude, the, the, dude and Walter, Walter, man. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, we need to do a Halloween, dude and Walter, and then he could Don, be. Uh, uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Donnie. Dude, Ribby, what? But, oh my God. Uh, ours, no, but you know what? Ours, something. Right, because we had every war. Look, you and your generation's coming up when there's been a gap in the wars. You're trained by the one before you, man. And you, they, I mean, they. Culture. You, sure. And you suck their identity in. And if you're wars, in, especially if it's in a different AO, 
right? So we made our identity. We're the operator. And we have a, I mean, you, God, good Lord, you say the operator. Everyone knows what that looks like. Right. Like baseball caps, beards, you know, tattoos. Big G-Shock watch. Sure, tattoo. man. You know, we're tricked out, man, from the <laughs> cool. Yeah, you know, from the floor up. Solomons. Right? And uh, so when we get out, I, I love the way our, I mean, our identity for the guys when they get out. It's it's kind of the same, right? But they adopt that old old school, drive the Trans Am, being like, "I, this, I tell you what's up." Hawaiian you know? <laughs> shirts, cut yeah. off BDUs, yeah, flip flops, yeah, chunks, Chuck Taylors. Right. I think you're on a great point, and that's what Wes is doing. He's been out, you know, whether it was the contract world, the Marine Corps, you know, and now what he's doing, and he's taking that concept, right, the overarching. Hey, let's perpetuate this culture in a in an individual t- way that we all can relate to. That's cool. That's edgy, and let's do something positive with it. Let's create a a, a brand. And I know that's such a generic term, and it can have you know in the modern world where we're inundated with brands and branding constantly through our phones, our computers, wherever you know. But there's something that makes people gravitate towards a certain idea or visualization oh well, you've or- got a human it's not just a, a clothing line man I, in the name of that man there's a dude standing there i mean you, you're looking at the guy who came up with it and he's got a backstory of why he's rogue you know right and what makes that up why it's gritty and i mean he, he's not some uh, model dude's got scars on his face talks funky and got a huge beard and looks damn scary i'm gonna wear a shirt that dude is maybe i'll look as scary as his ass you know what i'm <laughs> It's it's man, it's the idea of what he is. When we were growing up the clothes, you were like, I need this brand of clothes to make me into this man. And now yeah. it's just kind of shifting because you got guys out there who represent a deeper the shirt. rooted. Yeah, they concept. represent the shirt. Yeah. The shirt doesn't represent there. However, I'm supposed to say it or put it. You know what I'm talking about? Yo, you're spot on, bro. Wizard, why don't you tell us a little bit about Wes, what he's got going on, where you find him, all that stuff. Sure. Uh, Wes Whitlock, we'll just begin here. In the Marine Corps, so 93 to 2000, he got out, he did some security work, Dynacorp, and then some executive protection work. After that is really kind of when he starts the entrepreneur thing. Um, Founds Rogue American Apparel. Of course, these days, also Disciples of Iron is another brand that they work with. Regarding Rogue American Apparel, it's out of Austin, Texas now. They just opened a new headquarters down there. I'm going to read this as far as their designs because I really think it kind of speaks to what it is. And cool. It also it kind of encompasses this cultural thing we've been talking about. We take extreme pride in creating custom designs synonymous with warrior history, pride, culture, and ethos. Vitality, war, life, and death are commonly found in our designs, symbolic of the dangerous environments and challenges many of our customers face each day. Uh, their mission statement is to be a leading brand of high-end fashionable apparel recognized by elite military, high-threat security professionals, law enforcement, and extreme sports communities. Um, they are involved in charities as well. They, they have an Invader coffee line, which is part of this multifaceted you know, business uh, that, that Wes is running here. They get 50% of the proceeds to the Brothers in Arms Foundation, which cool. is a Marine-associated uh, charity. They also uh, sponsor a, a team of adaptive athletes uh, competing around the country. So that's kind of the 30,000-foot the, the view right there on, on Wes and where he's been and what he's got going on. Well, what do you say, gents? I say we bring him on. Let's talk to him. Now, I got to tell you, brother, I have been waiting for months, and I mean months, to get this guy on the show, man, because there's something about him. And I'll tell you what the spark was for me. And, and Marcus, when... 
He first came out of the gate in, in 2011. I'll never forget the first, one of the first images that he posted on his site, right? His uh, Rogue American Apparel site. It had one of my buddies that I worked with downrange on the front. My good bad buddy, Sean Ryan from Vigilance Elite Training down in, in, in uh, South Florida. And he, they're just sitting there, he and his other buddy just hanging out like on some hilltop outside of Kabul wearing rogue shirts and i was like now that's cool man (laughs) so and and then to watch the growth of of how he's done this wes and and how you've evolved and what you're doing now and the how big it is and it's just it's inspiring like uh, and and dude you know me bro i get super fired up with positivity inspiration motivation all that so wes Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Hey, right on, guys. Super stoked to be here. First of all, uh, honored to be here. I know you guys, I I look up to you guys and what you guys are doing, what you've been doing, and continue to do. So thanks for allowing us to be on your show. Um, Thanks for that great intro. And it's funny, I remember that same same picture of Sean. You know, it, it is cool to go back to those early days where... Where that's where it all started, and it was because of really good dudes that supported me. So that's what it comes down to, man. It it's is just, all about that team, isn't it? Absolutely, it is one hundred percent. So, but to have that, you have to build those uh, that uh, relationship with guys over years and years and years before they truly support you. You know, so it's it's an honor for me to to have these guys still doing that, and and were with me in the beginning and are with me now. And guys like Sean are getting out, starting businesses now. So guess what? We're going to support the hell out of him too. So Amen. it's just that, that, that circle, you know? And, and that's what we got, you know? I mean, if we don't stick together, because everybody knows, Marcus, we talk about this all the time, right? It's not like anybody on the outside is going to come in and be like, here, dude, let me, you know, just oh, take, yeah. you know I'm what sure, I mean? Yeah. I think it's by design, right? When we punch out, they separate us. I mean, you couldn't have us all running around together at the same time, man. <clears throat> because I think it is by design when they because they pull us from every state and we always go back at the imagine if we all if we congregated. If, yeah, if there was a dynamic that pushed us into that. Can you imagine <clears throat> if there was one state called Veteran State or like Veteran of Bama? And that's where we all live, dude? Veterania. Veterania? I don't <laughs> Yeah, vets is dude. That'd be epic, man. No, but that is the thing when we in our generation too, man. Because I mean, my my father was a Vietnam generation man. You know, they got shamed out of the uniform. That's a big deal in our family because of how, right. how the dynamic works. Uh, and he and he went back to his whole crew and, and doing what he normally did. But uh, it seems like our generation, since uh, since America has you know, given us a, a platform and taken care of us and are, are proud of us, you, know, you got guys like this coming out and. And taking what you're good at and not trying to hide it, but just kind of shifting the focus of it by a half a degree, right? We, the beautiful thing about what we used to do for a living, man, is just, we take it all the way to the edge. Amen. Right? And to, to take another human life, that's as far as you can take the training and doing whatever it is we do. So when we, when we get out, that, that, that one degree that what we used to do, man, all you do is take that away and shift it into whatever it is you're doing and your passion. That was a beautiful thing about it. Like the Vietnam guys, you couldn't get out. And if you enjoyed doing something in the military, it's hard to say, yeah, I was doing this and, and now I want to do this. They, they shut that down. Yeah, they weren't going to take you and hide Ashbury, Ashbury yeah. out in San Francisco after you just got from the Deltas, you know? Right. And then now, around 2000, 
10, right? Then you saw that that collective of our guys taking that passion of what, what they love to do and getting out and taking it further with him and with everybody. And that, that's a great thing, man. There, if you can, especially surround yourself with the guys that you, that you worked with. Right, that's a trust. I mean, I guess where I was going with that with the, the combat, there's the level of trust. I mean, you know, this guy, I know he, the crap we went through together and we didn't have anything is all I needed him to do to, to, to go into business with him in the real world, in the regular world. Yep. And that little degree of shift, man, you carry all that passion and what you carried in the military and being a Marine and being a SEAL and everything and putting it into your job. Most people don't have that focus. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to focus it so hard when you're in combat, man, and that doesn't go away. You know, they like to they like to hide it or, or try and pull it out of you or say it's a problem, man. But actually, that focus can. Well, it, it does what it did yeah. for Wes, man. I mean, because yeah, you, you always talk about it. it. You got you to embrace that passion. You got to embrace that drive that, that you've had since probably, be, you know, that's why you joined the freaking military. A lot of guys, they've had it always in them. They just didn't know it was there. So yeah. what? Once they, once they they learn how to mold it and use it, uh, f- embrace it. Let it let it fuel you. You know, don't don't hide from it. And I think a lot of guys hold back. You know, you, you got to just let yourself go sometimes. So um, it's good to see that happening now. Like you said with Vietnam, you know, I watched the uh, great documentary. You know, a couple weeks ago, and these guys were coming home, as we all know. And these guys had no idea they were coming home, going to the airports in their uniforms, proud, wearing their medals. And people oh, yeah. were there to spin on them. Crazy. You know, and now, you know, luckily that bullshit's over. Um, and, and, and going back to the business aspect of it is uh, we have, you know, guys would be shamed to, to talk about their military experience back then. Now, as a business owner, I want to hear about it. Or I think other business owners, even uh, non-veteran uh, business owners want these type of guys because it's that drive, that motivation, that discipline. Um, you know, that, that you don't get anywhere else, but the, you know, the military. So it's cool to see guys racing that now. Oh, dude. And I love it. So before we go down another one of those awesome rabbit holes of information, we got to get warmed up first, Wes, because I, I, listen, listen, one of my favorite things about you is the iron savage gym that you built at, at right outside RAA headquarters. And, and, and I love the videos you post. Because uh, I think you and I are around the same age there. And I, I you know, I, that's why I don't post any videos of me working out because I, I don't want them to I, see. I've been seeing some of your swim stuff, bro. I've been <laughs> seeing some of that beach, uh, that ocean stuff looking pretty, pretty damn good, man. So I gotta, I'm trying, man. I got I to gotta, I gotta keep up with you, bro. So we're going to hey. warm up, man. We're going to warm up. But the way we're going to warm up is with the mad minute, man. We're going to give you the mad minute, a little rapid fire questions at you to, 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 to just loosen up that gray matter, get a little rapport going and just have some flat out fun. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm all ready. All right. Marcus, fire away. All right. First car. First car, a 1966 Ford short bed with the straight six. We had, we had the slant, How do you get a car six. like cool. that for your first well, car? Hey, hey, after that, dude, it was 900 bucks. I earned it doing dishes. And then I bought a van, an Ecoline van for 100 bucks. It didn't work. <laughs> I had a 302 in it. Spent the whole summer pulling that 302 and slammed it. Took that straight six out, put that 302 in it. And then we had the, uh, the V8. So it, it worked out. Oh, my. And, and in the future in this interview, I want, we're going to go down the cars, all right? Because the cars. We love cars here. We love our cars, baby. <laughs> all right, Wizard, fire away. What you got for him? How about Snake Bliskin versus John McClain? If 
fight to the death? Man. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, don't I, I just have to throw them out, throw them in the pit and, and see who comes out, man. He, uh, you're going neutral. I, I like it. You just want to see the fight to the death, don't you? Yeah, just let him, just let him throw him out there and, and see who crawls out last, man. You know? <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. You ready? All right. Uh, if you could have a dream career of doing something other than you're doing now, what would that dream career be? It would probably be... Uh, it would be a fucking musician, man. I'd love to fucking... I would love to be fucking rocking on stage, dude. You yeah. know, uh, I love I love music, and uh, if I had talents and abilities like that, that's probably what I'd be doing. That's uh, cool. So yeah, fucking music, man. I will give us a band that you'd want to play in right now. Just off the top of your head. Ooh, I'd have to go with. Uh, I would have to go with the Brazilian band Sepulatura, the fucking hard metal band from Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yep. Just unbelievable. Just everything about it. I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to roll with those dudes. They seem go. like they are hard as nails, man. They are. They're like the Pantera of South America. You know, yeah. I think oh, yeah, yeah. around this era, you could definitely, you could definitely feel uh, the uh, vibe that they both had. You know, but uh, just cool shit. You know, just just love it. All right. What's the dumbest thing you were doing that caused you to get hurt? <laughs> I, I, great dude, question. I, think, I mean, this happens to me. Mine great are ridiculous, question. dude. And you guys, are, you know, guys like us, man, everyone thinks that, <laughs> dude, I do the dumbest. Yeah, it happens all the time, even around here. Like, we fix, I work, I like to work on a lot of my own stuff. We got welders around here. We got fucking nail guns. We got all kinds of shit. Not, we don't really know how to use any of this shit, but we figure, <laughs> it out. we figure it out. And every time somebody gets fucked up, it gets hurt, uh, you know. Uh, so recently, Shit, I'd have to say, uh, helping my brother we're building the garage out here out of containers. We took three 40 foot containers, pushed them together, cut the walls out, was out there helping him with that and banging my hand on, a uh, with the hammer, you know, just getting, getting, getting in there and getting on it. So just stupid shit every day. It's something, man. Uh, every day we get hurt out here. There's a lot of things to get hurt on, on, out here. You guys come out to my compound, you'll, you'll, you'll know what I mean. Oh, dude, I can't wait to come, man. I can't wait to love that place. All right. If you could pick any decade in history and any person from that decade to get drunk with, who would it be? I'd have to go with John Wesley Harden. The gunfighter? The gunfighter. The gunfighter. I'd like to have some drinks with that dude for shooting the motherfucker for snoring too loud in the room next door to him. That was just a hardcore guy right there. Uh, I think he'd be an interesting guy to have a conversation with for sure. I'd like to ask him what what went down with that kid. If he's the one that shot that kid, I, I. you know what? You know what he did, right? Towards the end, there. I, yeah, I know. You, um, yeah, no, I did hear about. I heard about. I, I don't know if that was ever proven or not. And yeah, that's what I'd love uh, to ask you because I'm like, hey man, you kind of got a bad rap on some side of it, and then if you if you know the whole story, you're like it's the other. I like. There's to, always two sides. Yeah, man. there's just there's always two, especially those gunfighter guys. You know, they as you guys know, they were good guys and bad guys. They those were different times. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm sure there was a lot of. Uh, a bad day back then with, with a lot of those folks, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, I, I just threw that one out there. And you know how it works, man. Like, you'd be a good guy doing something, and then it, something changes up upstate, and then you're a bad guy now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. Then. 
you know, absolutely uh, uh, bloody Bill Anderson, you know, paid revenge on those that killed his family. And some he's a hero and others he's a he's a freaking suit. Uh, a freaking he was a reaper. You know? So there's two sides always. All right. Go All right, Wes, you got off easy on the first one, buddy. I'm going for another <laughs> fight to the death question. Here it comes. Weapon of choice, fight to the death. Dual tomahawks I'll, I'll or a broadsword? I'll, I'll show it to you right now. I just got this thing, and uh, I've been playing around with it for the past, I don't know, three weeks since I got it. Let's let's it's, see uh, it. What is it? Where is that fucker? Here it is. <laughs> so it's a with freaking barbed wire. Barbed wire baseball bat. Yes. <laughs> Primal, Primal Concepts, another cool veteran-owned business doing cool shit, sent me this. So I, I just... I don't know. I'm going to start carrying this in my trunk. I honestly love to, to clear a house with this thing. It's just, <laughs> it's just full of shit. And we call that those, is cool. We call those bitch be cool sticks down here. Bitch be cool sticks? Bitch be cool yeah, sticks. Is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah. Of course, I have a name for that. Yeah, I have one of them. <laughs> Texas, man. Texas. Out that truck. You, you know, somebody, hey, hey bitch, better be cool, man. <laughs> All right. Here, hey, bro, you yep. ready? Yep. What was your best worst purchase? Wow, best worst purchase. Uh, um, I have a lot of stuff I purchased that I'm not a big spender, but when I do want something, I'll, I'm not afraid to go get it. And then after I get it, I'm like, do I really need this? <laughs> uh, I, you know, just I guess all of us go through that. I would say. Um, and I love as much as I hate to say this because I fucking love it. Uh, it, I don't know. It'd probably be the, the, the car, the most recent car that I bought. That Which is what? Cool, but I don't, I could have used that money elsewhere. It just probably wasn't a good decision, but I had to have it. So the what 1979 Trans Am, that's the, that was probably That's my favorite one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it's, they're really, they, they look cool. They're iconic. They're so American iconic, but they're pieces of shit cars. It's a Pontiac. The '79, oh, shitty wow. ass cars, but they're fucking—they're just so cool. I love it, but I hate it. Does it have the Firebird on the hood? No, it is the flat out, flat out, like smoking. So it's got the, the Firebird on oh, the hood. Oh yeah, oh yeah, awesome. It's, it's awesome. a black and gold bandit. Yes, yeah, go. yeah. Just uh... <laughs> all right, all right. Last question, last question for you, Wes. All right, if you could be president for one day. And make one big decision. What would it be? Ooh, that's one. That's a big one. I would have to say, um, I would say I would make a flat tax for everybody to have different levels. You know, guys that are you know at, at different levels of income, but not punish those that are not punishing those that are busting their asses and uh, building this economy. The number one builders of the backbone of the American economy is mom and pop, small business, not big Amen. Apple and all that shit. It's small business. And those are the ones that get hammered with taxes and uh, all these other limitations that are set on them. Um, and they're the ones they should be rewarded. If nothing else, the government should fucking be paying them. This is this. So that would be me. I would put that out altogether for small business. Um, so yeah, that would be it, man. I would, revamp the freaking IRS and the, the tax system here.
That's awesome. Awesome answer. All right. All right. So hopefully you're good to go. You're warmed up. I know I am. Marcus is. Wizard is. All right. (laughs) So let's pivot. Now, Wes, the reason why people come to our show, I think, is because they're either trying to figure out what they're going to do next in their life. They're getting the... They're getting the beat down from life itself, whether a relationship, whether their personal, professional life, they're just struggling and they're looking for some inspiration. They're looking for some quality information on how they're going to learn how to face adversity, overcome obstacles and, and basically get into the combat of life. So without further ado, Wes, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories, brother? Wow. Okay. No, it's funny. I, I get that question all the time. Um, and part of the reason why I built this place out here, this compound is I get guys in here every freaking day, daily. I get a different guy in here who's, who's, uh, going after a dream. Who's trying to make something happen. Who has started a small business. I had a guy that came in here the other day and brought me a welded, absolutely beautiful piece. Of, it's a headdress that he welded amazing piece of art that he spent over i think 60 hours on um but no he doesn't know anything else he has this great skill he has this incredible talent but he doesn't know what to do with it you know he and he wants to turn it into a business so that's just the the most recent story i have um but every day i get a different guy that walks through these freaking doors here in austin and asks this question that you just threw out there um and you know just like you guys and i tell everybody nope Nobody, nobody knows everything. Nobody has that that golden answer. Um, and what you're talking about right here and what you guys are about, it, it comes down to really that, is never quitting, never giving up on a hope or a dream and, and pushing through no matter what, man. If you got, you know, I tell guys the same story. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I went to, I went to college. So a dream of mine, something I thought I could never do. But after, you know, having that experience in Marine Corps, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my damn degree and nobody's going to stop me. And I did that. I had clearances up the ass. I came back to the States thinking I'd get some great ass job as a Secret Service agent or with DS or with the agency or one of those. Um, but those take time. You know how that works. Yep. you got to put in paperwork. You're going to wait forever. Um, so in the meantime, I had to work, man. And I was I found myself in in, in liquor store. Uh, sweeping cigarette butts out in the fucking parking lot. That's what the owner had me do. And you know what? I did it, and I did it with – I did it. I was the best damn cigarette sweeping <laughs> dude you've ever met. Hey, what's up? I knew, I knew it was going to last. You know, I knew it was going to last, but I did it because I was grateful to have something. But I knew I had something else I was going to do later on. So when you hit those those uh, those uh, pitfalls in life, man, you got to – fucking boot your get your boots on pull your pants up and fucking go make it happen um you know i see a lot of guys talking about stuff but i don't see them doing it and that's the difference there's talk and there's there's doers so it's the guy you know i hear stories and chit chat and all this other stuff and i try to support a lot of dudes but i want to support the dudes that are actually gonna fucking do something right that's the dude i want to support you know so I tell that to guys all the time, man, and especially if they have a talent. It's, I don't have those talents. I'm nobody special. I'm not that smart. I had no, mo- I had no money when I started. But you know what? I tell guys this other thing. You'd be the hardest worker. I don't care what room you're in. You're in the gym. You're in school. 
you're you're fucking whatever it is you do, you be the hardest worker in that room. I don't care if you don't have the talent or the ability that this other guy does, but if you outwork that dude, at the end, you will eventually come out to where you need to be. So you gotta put in the work, you gotta put in the drive. Uh, you've got to not ever quit on a dream. And if you quit on it, that means it wasn't meant for you. Abs- Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, can't, you can't quit quit something that's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, the, the, the challenge, right, is, is getting to what you're supposed to be doing. That pathway, all the different little side streets you got to go down. Yeah, and that's what you want to do. Like, right? Exactly. So if you see something, they're like, oh, man, that'd be really cool. But you don't want to do the stuff to get to the cool thing. Then that you're not wanting to do. You shouldn't really be doing that. Right. You don't and, want it bad enough. Yeah. The, the whole yeah. ride is getting through it. And then when you get the moniker or whatever it is, the title or whatever it is you're, you're searching for, man, then then that's how you appreciate it. The journey. Yeah, yeah, the journey. The yeah. work you put in, yeah. man, it can't be taken away from you. That's why you put the value in yourself and not everything around you. I mean, that's just kind of white noise. Clothes, cars, house, all that stuff like that, man, can be jerked away from you. At any time. At any time. Life is about building up the value inside of you. So, it's like, when you come walking through the door, man, it ain't what you got on. It's what's coming with you and, and all, all of that. That knowledge base. So, Wes... Here you are, yep. you're sweeping cigarette butts at, you know, in, in a parking lot. Give me the process of being from that to doing executive protection downrange for Dynacore. How did that all come about? Well, so, so yeah, as, as I was doing that, I had my paperwork in with all the different agencies, you know, waiting, waiting for my clearances to go through and all that. Uh, as that was happening, I ran into a buddy of mine that had uh, – that worked for diplomatic security. He was a DS agent with the State Department, and he's like, "Hey, we just uh, there's this new program they just kicked up, uh, protecting folks in Haiti and Israel and Afghanistan. Um, they're looking for Tier One guys, which I was not, you know. And I'm like, man, that's great. you know. He told me about the school and the qualifications and all that stuff, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm. Uh, and this is another lesson right here too, you know. And I said, you know what? You know, in my head, I knew I may not be qualified to do this, but you know what? I'm going to go try. I'm going to go. I'm not afraid to try. I'll go. I'll go to that damn course. I went to that course, and there were some good dudes in there. But you know what? I, you know, I busted my ass and did did quite well. So in CQB and the whole damn nine yards. Um, so uh, that opened up my door into the high threat protection stuff, which took me all, all over the world for years doing that, um, which was just one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, not only making money, but when you got some of the best dudes from, from different walks of life from different units and different uh, service branches working together as one, it was, it was, it was awesome. I met some of the best dudes I've ever met, you know, doing that. And, um, you know, so that, that's where that came from. I went and did that and that, that pulled me into that protection world. Uh, I did that for about six years, which was great. It took me all over the world again. I worked all over South Africa and Italy. Um, I have a lot of experience in Italy, so I got the uh, language and um, know the land pretty well. So I got, you know, when, when the family members would go to those areas, I got to do those, which I, I love travel. I love going to new places. I love working on my own when, you know, in different areas. So, uh, you know, but again, that starts getting old too, man. You know, that kind of work, you're traveling and you're, you're basically owned by your client. I mean, guys yep. that want to get into the protection world, you know, I think it's all cool fucking bodyguard stuff. It's a lot of standing around. It's a lot of, uh, 
uh, changing bike tires and, uh, you know, you, whatever it is, you get, I actually met Marcus at Michael's house when you came up with the governor, uh, I was on that dinner. detail. And that's when I met you, you know, so <laughs> you saw that. House oh, I get, oh man, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause when I would, when we would go out places, my natural instinct was to bleed back with you guys. I always go back with the detail and I just feel more comfortable there. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I, you know, they tossed me keys part because I had the. Be- I mean, I looked the part too, right? So, <laughs> I, I didn't know it. that I was there uh-huh. with the first family, and then I'd be out parking a car, <laughs> which was fine, man. I, you know, I dig that kind of crap. But uh, that house was crazy. <laughs> that house yeah. was crazy when y'all walked me around and just driving up to that place. Uh, What's in the yard? You know, know what I'm talking. I just never even know it's there. Yeah, God. No, well, it's man. funny. I was up there. I was up there like after that point and your book was there. I saw your book sitting there on the shelf and I told his daughter, which, you know, they're probably not going to read it. Just being honest. They got millions of books. Yeah. 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 You know how it is. Sure. But I told his daughter, I was like, I was like that book right there. That's one you need to read right there. But I saw it there. So it was kind of cool seeing that, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Um, I appreciate but, that. Yeah. That's cool, man. That was, that was a cool adventure, man. I, yeah. I enjoyed seeing that and getting to have dinner up there. That place was, yeah. it's another world. All right. So Wes, what what happened then, man? You now you're you're into yeah. this next job. It didn't change the travel. It didn't change the pace. When did the light yep. bulb go off, man? To take this huge, huge risk to get in, in my opinion, one of the most competitive industries in America, the apparel business. Absolutely, yeah. So that you know, um, and this goes back to a kid. You know, and I, I've always had that entrepreneur spirit. I was out. As a kid, man, finding ways to make money, collecting cans, knocking on doors. You know, I've always, you know, so I've always had that entrepreneur spirit. And I always knew, I told myself at 40, I'll be 43 in August. I told myself at 40, I am done working for anybody. Like, I'm done. Like, I will be doing something. I don't care what it is. But so um, it goes back to. So when we were overseas, and you guys know too, you know, teams make shirts. We each team had a design, a shirt. It was a lot of infidel type of shit. Yep. Uh, and I was the guy that always kind of did that. It wasn't. We just did it for morale, just for the team, for the guys. And um, guys loved it, loved it, loved it. You know, and I was like, so when I got out, I'm terrible doing protection. And I'm getting burned out now. And I'm like, fuck, I need to, I need to find something. I got to do something. Um, guys would still hit me up and say, hey, do you got any more of those? Uh, those paladin shirts or those broadsword shirts you used to make. I'm like, no, man, I don't, I don't have those anymore, but it, it, it sparked something. And I was like, well, guys loved it. I still had a lot, a lot of dudes I knew downrange. Um, it was still, this was 2011. There's still a lot of stuff going on over there. And so I was like, you know what, let me kick up some shit. So I kicked up um, some old designs that when I go, when I travel, like when I, I go to Rome, I'd visit some of the old churches that the crusaders would stop in on the way down to Jerusalem and see some artwork in there that you just don't see. Amazing shit. And I'm like, that stuff is the kind of stuff I want to see on freaking clothing. Um, so it started like that, you know, and that's where it started. It started with two or three, three or four. It started growing, growing, growing. And I was like, man, I got 10 orders. Wow, you know, come home, pack bags. I'd go on another trip, come back, pack some bags. And it just slowly started growing um, to the point where I was like, damn, I'm doing pretty damn good. Um Considering I'm doing this part-time uh, just by myself, if I went full-time and put all my effort into it, could I go to that next level and, and pay my bills and, you know, get by and, and grow slowly grow my business? 
Um, and that's a big difference too. Where a lot of guys that get that get jammed up is they don't want to take that leap, and it's a really hard one to take. Um, you know, I had a great job. I was making six figures. I was in the states. Uh, those jobs, that EP job, you don't get those jobs. Once you leave them, like you're done. You don't go back. So it was a big, you know. And I got I got a mortgage and kids, and you know we have medical and everything covered, man. So to walk away from that and and jump into the business world clothing apparel whatever was a big was a big risk but i knew like marcus said earlier like i knew i wasn't gonna fail and i knew i was gonna put everything into it i knew it i knew it and i would not fucking quit so i said you know what i put in my uh put in my my two weeks um and pulled the trigger and within that first well when i walked out when i left that day i walked out that parking lot i knew a huge relief was off my shoulders because now I could go do what I really wanted to do. I could put my efforts and energy and For everything you. I wanted to do. Yeah, to what I wanted to do. And when you're doing protection, man, you can't half-ass that shit. I, I was starting to fail myself professionally because here I am wanting to do my business work on that. But then I got clients I got to take. I got responsibilities here. So now, you you know, it's like that old saying, you can't half-ass two things. You whole-ass one thing. <laughs> I love it. Shit. You're, you water yourself down. So eventually I, got, I pulled the trigger, made the move. And with that first few weeks, I knew I made the right decision. And it allowed me to do all those things that was holding me back. Now I could put everything into it. And, um, and I did. And it worked, you know. And, and I've been blessed that it did. And, but it's still, I still grind every day, man. I'm here. I'm working 24-7 just like you guys. I mean, you got to, guys think, oh, you know, sit back and make money. No, no dude, it's. It's it's continuously putting the daily grind in. Was there a benchmark moment where you was it like a hundred orders in a week or what was the benchmark for you where and especially your family where you're looking at yourself going ah ah but then all of a sudden you you cross that threshold you go through that gate of fire and you're like I think this is it man. I think we're yeah. there. What, what, when yeah. was that moment for you? You know, I, I still don't feel that moment, brother, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, it's, uh, you know, I hear, what, I hear what you're saying. And, and, um, and I get that question asked a lot to me. They're like, Hey man, you must feel this out or the other. And I'm like, no, man, I don't, I'm not where I want to be, man. And I think it's, it, 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 I think it comes back to just, it's a blessing and a curse, man. Sometimes, Guys like uh, like that like us, the guys that just want to keep going, need to pull yourself back in and say, "Man, I, you know what? I'm doing pretty damn good," and not get wrapped up into. But that's hard, man, and yeah. I fight with that every day. I want to, I want to, I want to. I don't know where that that is. I, I want to find it though, you know. So. Well, yeah, man. There is no. There, that's the beautiful part about it. That's the way I live, man. There is no end game. I'm gonna give it. A, what are we in right now? Hundred percent. Run it till it goes, man. And. uh for those of us who've got so integrated in that type of lifestyle, man, when you do shift over to something that doesn't have anything to do with that world, man, it's even we, more. We intense. possess a power that, that that no one else does, right? It's right. Just kind of like, I, what do you mean that we're up for a few days? Hell yeah, I've been up for a few days. Why are you even keeping track of that? Take your watch off. <laughs> we'll work through lunch and get off late. You know that kind of crap. And it, and yeah. people, that, it's just an understanding. Right. It's a joke, right? You start man, when you're like, hey, it's lunchtime. Yeah, we're gonna work through lunch and get off late. Roger that. Let's do it, baby. Totally. You know what I mean, what you're talking about it comes down to mindset, man. And and um, 
it's there. I think we have it. We understand it. Some people don't understand it and you can't sell that to them. You can't make them understand it. And I fight that with employees all the time. I get frustrated because I'm like, you know, I love, I, I want you guys to fucking put in the work and, and love this shit. You know, I do my best to, to, to give you guys the best I can, but I can't force you to have that mindset. So I think guys, I get to take it for granted because we love that fight. We love that grind. It keeps us alive. It keeps us awake. It keeps us wanting to, to learn more and explore more and do more. Uh, it's, so it's, I think it's a rare thing. I think it's a rare thing. Yeah, well, it's not a job. And when you're trying to explain it to somebody about the feeling and it's a job for them, then that's that's the miss right there. Like, I, you know, I, yep. I wouldn't get fired up about something I wasn't 100 that I was just getting by on, right? This, right. I, I do this for, I, I do this to pay for something else. And you do that to, to pay for this. I mean, for what it is. The lifestyle of, yeah. of running a business. Right, the, sure. whole, the whole concept of it. Wes, I got a question for you. Where did this come from? Who did you learn it from? Or was it, do you, like you just said, it's kind of in us, right? But there had yeah. to have been a place where it, it flourished, where the, someone put the spark to that fire in your gut, where it just illuminated the fact that, you know what? If I grind and I put that and I go hard, I can accomplish anything. When did you first start really feeling it or who gave that to you? You know, um, I met a wonderful person um, back when I was living in Italy, when I was in Rome, I was working in the embassy as a guard back in 96. I, uh, there was an old man who had a gym there called Roman Sports Center. It was the biggest gym in Rome, absolutely beautiful. But guess what? He let every Marine work out there for free. This was like a high-end, exclusive, fucking uppity Roman gym. But they, he let all the Marines work out there free. So uh, once I met this guy, his name was Ed Cheever. He joined the Navy at 14 and drove the boats, the U-boats, onto uh, Peleliu, Marines, oh, wow. on, onto the fucking island at 14. Grew up in Arizona, no money, no fucking school. Long story short, he gets out of the Navy. This was in the 50s, and he was into, you know, working out and all that stuff. Back then, it wasn't, there was like Joe Weeder. There was only a couple guys that even <laughs> knew about the shit. He moved to Rome with nothing. Moved to fucking Rome via Veneto. 1950s that was the maid that was a place to be and he uh he put went out and bought himself a nice suit and he had a little studio in via barberini which is right in that area and he would go out there and hustle the actors and the big names that were walking up and down via veneto to train them that he was going to train them to be strong or whatever so he started a small little tiny gym in his little apartment long story short uh, he continued to do this and then opened up the largest fitness facility in Europe at the time. And wow. then he did one in Paris. He did one in Paris. He did one in Brazil. He took the same concept to all these countries, became incredibly successful. But so I, so when I got out, I went back to Rome to go to school. I went to American University of Rome, the first fucking veteran to ever attend that school. They didn't even know how to do the damn fucking GI Bill. So <laughs> it was what yeah, it was all rich kids. It was all rich kids that people would send over there. But I went and and um and made it happen anyway. So with that, I was broke. I was fucking broke. I needed to work. Um, and I went to Ed. He still let me work out his gym. I mean, we had a great relationship. He's, I went to Ed and I was like, Ed, can I can I work in your gym? I'll work in the locker room. I'll scrub the. I'll do whatever. I don't give a shit. And at the time, I didn't speak Italian. He goes, Wesley, nope, you're gonna be uh, an instructor. And I'm like, instructor. 
He's like, yep. And he threw an instructor shirt, instructore, on, he threw that shirt on me and he said, go out there. And I went out to the, in the way Italy works, you're an instructor in a gym. Anybody can come up to you and ask you how to do shit. Right. Yeah. So I went out there and fucking no Italian and, and, uh, and, and work <laughs> and learned. I nice. learned real quick, but he taught me a lesson there. You know, he taught me a lesson, man. You, you get thrown into to an environment. You know, it's like CQB. It's like going into a room. You don't know what the fuck's in there, but you got to know. You're going to go in there and fucking own that shit. You know, there's unknowns. You got to go in and just own it, you know. So, you know, have that kind of mentality. And so Ed Cheever gave me that, and I would sit down with him and have lunch with him every day. This guy was in his 70s, probably 76 at the time. Still worked out. Uh, he was this guy was so hardcore. He lived in Italy for almost 50 years. Never even learned how to speak Italian. He was old school, dude. He had tattoos like ta navy tattoos. Every word out of his mouth was fuck this, fuck that. But he became incredibly successful because of hard work, never quitting, and not being afraid to go into an environment and just fucking making it happen. You know. So Ed Cheever, he passed away about 10 years ago. Um, a greatest, great influence on my life. And he helped me out so much back then. Um, and when he, when he was dying, he actually, uh, he, uh, he had a hip infection, but well, he got both of his hips replaced. What you're supposed to do is you get one replaced, you wait yeah. six months, get the other yeah. one. That was so hardcore. That was so hardcore. He's like, fuck it, do it both. He did them both at the same time. Long story short, he got a bad infection. They couldn't control it. It got up to his lungs and ended up killing him before he died. He said, he goes, he goes, Wesley, make sure when I die, and he's just hardcore, you know, he goes, put, I'll put, have him put me in a casket, light it on fire, throw it off the ship, and then piss on it. You know, that was it, man. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> he's just like a hardcore guy, just hardcore, man. And uh, I love him. I love him, and, and he taught me a lot. So uh, Ed Cheever. Had a big his his son is Eddie Cheever. He's a he's a uh, Indianapolis car winner for years because he was fortunate to grow up learning how to drive race cars because of all his dad's hard work. So that's so um, cool. That's man. just another right. guy, man. That's right. I know you that know? All right, so you 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 start rogue. It starts going. You're grinding. Was it a big decision for you to get into retail, the space, an actual brick and mortar where? Because it seems like now, man, going into the range with Jeff was it seems awesome. Your store in 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 Vietnam and Fayetteville, uh, yep. you know, and it just seems like man, the growth. But these are not. If any small business out there is listening, they know what the deal is. But if you don't own a business, these are massive, massive, huge risk decisions. Tell us about how you get worked up for that. How you make the decision. And how you gauge risk in that that capacity? Yeah, no, it's a great question, man. And, and it is uh, a lot of, and that's a difference too. A lot of guys, and you know now, dude. There's so many companies out there like doing, trying to do similar stuff and all that. I get it; it's all good. But the big difference is, it's one thing to run an online internet e-commerce business. Like nowadays, we have that ability. We're dude with technology and stuff. Guys can start businesses building fucking rocks, whatever, dude. That I, I tell guys that too. Like, you have that ability now. You don't have to go to college, man. Like, you have that ability, and and that's fine. But to succeed at that is also doesn't have for everybody. So if you can succeed at that, which we've done pretty well, we do all of our own fulfillment. We do all of our own customer service. I don't outsource shit. We do everything in house. Um, 
but what is going to the to the brick and mortar side so most businesses start brick and mortar then they go e-commerce as far as apparel goes well it's changing nowadays but what i wanted to do because my brand is a lifestyle brand like that's why i put those videos up that's what when that's what i'm fucking doing i i i want to i want people to know I don't believe in Wizard of Oz, smoke and mirrors, fucking internet stuff, which is all over the place. <laughs> like you come here, you see what the fuck's going on. You see fucking wounded dudes working out in my gym. You see, you see the shit here, and that's what I don't want to sell bullshit. So that's why I created this place, and we are a true lifestyle brand. And I'm gonna live what I preach. I'm not perfect. I have a lot of my own personal problems, but I I do, I, I push through and I work with them, and I, I'm not afraid to show others that hey man, if I can do it, or I'm out here working, then you can too. So. That's a part of our lifestyle, and I live this lifestyle. So with the brick and mortars, you know, people are like, oh, I should look at the PX, PX, PX. No, man. I I, I want to give guys, when you walk into one of my stores, you experience what this is all about. You go to my walls, and you see stuff from paintings and, and uh, patches and stuff from dudes all over the world who have done amazing shit, and they're bringing that in and putting on my walls. You don't buy that shit. You don't put no. that on the internet, man. So that's why I created the other stores too, that give guys that experience or girls that want to go in and see what it's about. I don't want to be a PX brand. I don't just want to make deal the easy way. That's a fucking easy way. I want to, I think our brand and our supporters deserve better. They're more valued than that, man. They're more valued than that. So that's, you know, but like you said, doing that is not easy, man. Opening up a store you got to get managers, employees, inventory. Uh, the expense of getting a store up and running is not easy. So it, that's when we go back down to people. We go back down to people, just like where you guys come from. In a good team, <clears throat> a business is the same way. You got to have the best. You got to have the best people. Otherwise, it's going to fail. It'll fail unless you. If you want to grow and you you need people, well, you got to have great people. You keep, you keep going back, and this is a focal point of the show for us, Wes. This is something that everybody comes on, talks about the importance of good people around them. Yep. How, do, how do you, what's your process for finding good people? What's your process of supporting good people? Because I know you do both, right? You have, you're very selective on who works with you and for you. And then you're very also selective of the people that you associate yourself with and that you support through social yeah. media and that you give opportunities to take, take us through your mind and, and how, what the, how you select, how you choose and who, what you're looking for to surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. It, it comes down to, to good people. And, um, and to find those is not easy for me. It's if, if it's got if people I've known from my past. I've just and I just know them. No, there's no question on their their loyalty or any of that stuff. They're already in. They're already in the group. Um, a lot of our folks that I found great who were supporters first. They were about the brand. They're about what we were doing. And they come. Most of them came to me and were like, "Dude, you got anything?" I get dudes every day begging for jobs. I just I don't have. I can't hire everybody. I wish I could. Um, and I've learned my lesson there too. And, uh, this is goes to the veteran community as well. I love my veterans. I love, uh, I love what I'm and, and love what they've done and the sacrifices a lot of dudes have made. But when you leave all that, you got to come back in and, and, and uh, you got to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself every job day that you do and you got to put in the work. 
you got to keep going, man. You can't get out as a gunny and think I'm still got a gunny. I'm going to walk in and fucking wear my gunny shoes. <laughs> I've learned that with veterans. You know, I've had some great ones. Dudes are great. I've had others that think that they, they got out what they were and they think they're still that and they're too good. Put a, you know, take the garbage out or whatever. No, man, <laughs> it don't work like that. So you got to be very selective, even in that community, man, just because it's a veteran doesn't mean the dude is a fucking rock star. There's a lot of rock stars in the veteran community, but there's a lot that um, that aren't. So uh, being and I've learned that lesson. I'm being very selective because I do want to hire more veterans. Like 50 percent of my staff is veterans um, and they're great ones. Um, but, you know, you got to take your time and really make sure that's the right dude, man, or the right fit for your team. Just like a team, you guys don't just allow anybody in there. You know, man, you, yeah. you want the best, dude. And it's a business is the same way. You let in a snake or you let in uh, uh, a fucking weak link, a guy that doesn't want to carry his shield, he's going to fuck all you guys over. So you got to be selective, man. And that's that's the bottom line. So, um, so yeah. That's why where I stand on that, and I think I do a pretty good job about that. You, you do for sure. Let Let's sw- switch focus and talk about all the charities that you've gotten involved with, all the fundraisers that you do, the strongman competitions at the gym. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the work we you've done with uh, Mama Deets and the Danny Deets Foundation. You know, thank you so much, Wes, for the shirt you did for her and for Cindy and for it, man. It, just awesome brother thank yeah. you so much for that awesome. it's an it's a truly an honor for us it, it's an honor um and i tell this to my supporters too it's not me i can't do this it's because i have great supporters they believe in what we're doing and we have the machine now if somebody's jammed up and and needs twenty thousand dollars for whatever we have the machine to put it out there and make that happen that's a fucking beautiful thing um and it's because we have the right kind of people the supporters. You can have a million followers that are the wrong kind of supporters who, you know, <laughs> right. the kind of supporters that support us are, are real people who, who care. I had a guy come in here, brought me a brand new Harley Davidson, walked it in, said my buddy died. He said, make something good happen with this Harley Davidson. He goes, I know right where to take it. He brought it to my shop, gave it to me with the title. I called 22 kill and said, I got a bike for you guys. They came down, picked up the bike and they're getting ready to auction that thing off. It's a shitload of money, but it's because we have the right kind of people. We surround ourselves with the right kind of people. We work with the right kind of projects. Good things happen. Well, you're 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 doing amazing things, Wes. I, I really really appreciate everything you're doing. One of we're gonna wrap it up, but before we do, we always like to get. Um, we want our listeners to be able to walk away with a couple things, key things that you employ every day in your life some some core ideas that support the never quit mindset or the the development or the evolution of a never quit mindset so what are two or three things that you focus on every day that when you hit those hurdles of inventory shortage or a problem with uh, an employee or or you know whatever it might a customer serve a customer's upset what are the things that you tap into to keep you going, to keep you grinding that our listeners can employ today when they listen to this show? Uh, lots of Slayer and lots of coffee and lots of weights. <laughs> One, Roger two, that. got it three. down right here. <laughs> Slayer, coffee, I mean, weights. 
that, those are the things that help me, man. A lot of music, you know, uh, I drink a lot of coffee. I lift a lot of weights. But, it, it, again, it comes back to people. I might, I might say, you know, I don't have all the answers. I'm stressed about something. Let me call Pat. Let me call Bert Soren. Some other dudes I look up to and say, hey, Bert, what do you think about this? You know, and, and he'll usually have an answer for me. So uh, don't be afraid to call dudes that you or whoever that you may have uh, uh, really look up to in ways. And most of them are, are more than happy to give you some knowledge. So, uh, That's cool. uh, you know, I, I cross those paths every day. Something happens, you know, and I, I'm blessed to be able to have some dudes that I can call and say, hey, what do you think about this, brother? And they're going to give me their best answer that they can. And it always truly helps me. Um, so that and... Um, and like everything you're talking about right now, man, that never quit having that mindset every day, getting up and knowing that you're not getting that day back. Our time, like your time you're giving me right now, time is the most valuable asset any of us have. Amen. So I always Amen. respect and honor people's time, man. And I don't want to give my time to anybody who brings no value to, to, to this. I don't know. I don't have time for that. I want to be around value bringers and they share that time with them. Because it's going to make us both better and us all better. Uh, so really remembering your time, man, and, and and knowing that you're not getting it back. You know, look at an old guy who's uh, sitting in a nursing home about ready to die. You think he's thinking about, oh, man, I wish I would have, you know, uh, fucking, you know, went to that baseball game or whatever. No, he's wishing he would have, you know, spent his t more time with his family, his kids, uh, whatever it may be. So just remember your time, man. Then it brings you back down real quick. That we're all not here forever. That's why I got a coffin sitting. When you walk in my door, there's a coffin. Two army rangers built me. That you see that coffin. Your times, our times, all coming, man. So we gotta, we gotta embrace every day and and be blessed for every damn thing we have, and and and, and respect each other's time. Um, so the time is really one of those things that that I reflect back to and be like, we ain't here forever. I want to, I want to do as much as I can today. Sure, man. Coffins don't have luggage racks. <laughs> yeah, man. Yep, absolutely yeah. there you go what's up absolutely you gotta remember that man Don't well Wes it. how can how can our listeners find you find Rogue find Disciples of Iron how can they find you can you give a couple shouts out on, on where they can go to, to to see all your stuff and folly and be a part of that lifestyle absolutely and I appreciate like I said once again you guys um allowing us on here and allowing us to share some knowledge. And I hope that if there's one dude out there to get something out of it, positive, um, great. I don't want to sell him shit. I don't care about all that. Um, I, you know, if, if one dude could be changed from this or give him a little bit of hope, then we've accomplished everything we've done. Um, you know, so I'll just leave it at that, man. If okay. dudes want to find us, they'll know where to find us. But mo most important here is if you got a dream, man, and you got a goal, don't let anything hold you back. You got to go get it if it's truly meant for you. If it's not, it's not going to happen. But if it is, just go and, and make it happen and just go to work. Amen. Wes, my brother, thank you so much. God you guys bless. are always welcome out here too, man. I'd love to have you guys out here anytime to, to see what's really going on out here. So you guys got a home here. Um, I got an apartment here for guys that need to stay. Uh, again, dudes that want to come and work out at my gym, it's free for you guys. Uh, anytime, come out and, and, and work out. If you want to talk or whatever, 
you just let me know and, and we'll make ourselves available. Awesome. That's Thank you, cool. Wes. God hey, bless you, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks. Yep. Right on, guys. Thanks, man. Yep. Later. Later. All right. Dude. You, you know dude. what I... I said dude. Dude. I can say dude. I'm all about it. You know what I love about Wes? What? His honesty, man. His brutal, no hold barred honesty. And you know what else? There's no gimmicks. There's no, you know, uh, Wharton School of Business uh, theory. There's no Harvard nothing. It's just hard work and and a passion and a plan to execute on what he feels is what rogue American apparel is. I love that. Well, he's created an opportunity for people who that work hard and, and kind of that lifestyle to identify themselves as well. When you're not pushing it out into big places, just anybody can go in there and snatch it up and you got to go in there and kind of put the work in and it revolves around that community. And you see that a lot now, right? People are actually wanting to get back into the organizations that identify themselves as, as, Good point. I work out hard. I, you know, I live this way. I eat right. Lifestyle, a yeah. brand that you can identify with. Yeah, it's it's pretty brilliant. I, I didn't really think about it like that, but as we've have the generational, the I guess the millennials, man, you know, identifying yourself by your race, religion. Now they're identifying themselves by how hard you are, by what you've learned, and who the creep, how you live. Right. That's kind of coming back around. Exactly. Yeah, I've been kind of thinking about this cultural phenomenon of I don't even know exactly how you label it, but it's this veteran. Um, this veteran tactical workout, you know, one part biker club, one part charitable organization, one part drinking club, one part CrossFit, one part. It has very unique characteristics to it. I don't know exactly how you label it, but it is, it is its own animal. The culture that, say, something like Rogue Americans centered in, or I think about like a Derek, I started thinking about this when we talked to Derek Wida, right? He's got that humor thing, but it's also combined with a, you know, there's like a, a strength, integrity, and honor component, but then you also add in like a drinking and somewhat hedonistic component to it, right? It's a culture that is its own thing, and it's developed over the past, I don't know, over the past 10 years or so. I guess it's kind of revolves around who developed it. Kind of exacerbates from them, right? I mean, the, of course. That, that's him, right? People see themselves in him. He's he's going all out, right? And just tell you, well, this is what I got, and this is what I am, and this is what I'm all about. And people, man, who never even experienced that world, they get a chance to see that. And they're like, you know what, man? I, I think I might have missed out on something. I, but now I'm we're all caught up again. Maybe I can get a chance to get in here and see if I, I have that kind of fire inside of me. And I kind of wonder where it's going to go and develop into. Yeah, good question. No, yeah, what great is question. the path of its natural evolution and the role it will play? Or maybe it'll just you know go away. Maybe it's faddish. I mean, what do you think, Dave? I don't think it's faddish at all. I think when you look at uh, post-World War II, a truck of load of stuff came out. Great the, pull. That's where the there Hells Angels were evolved mm-hmm. from, from uh, old airplane mechanics uh, that came back that used to build whatever, and they started building motorcycles out of spare parts and cars. The car culture evolved out mm-hmm. of that. Uh, you you started having the rock and roll and and a certain greaser look and the the concept of military subculture bleeding into into grander society's culture that's been around since forever i mean every time there are great wars or whatever cuz remember in every society you know with the exception of possibly vietnam you also got to remember a great 
component of the country, they make it seem like everywhere everyone hated Vietnam vets. That's not true. There was a huge populace no. of this country from the small towns in Ohio, the small towns in, in Macon, Georgia, the the Mississippi, wherever it was, that ha- still had a definitive passion because they were wa- World War II vets. The Korea vets were their fathers, their mm-hmm. aunts, their uncles, and that's why kids went in or were, or were drafted. So I think now the way our subculture is being distributed because we have the vehicles of social media. Yeah, we have the digital age to push it out there. Right? And I think, you know, hey, why is it bad to think about muscle cars, working out, shooting guns, and being hard and never quitting as a bad thing? But also charity at the same time. You know what I'm saying? It's not just this bad-ass culture, quote in quotes, but it's also... You know, looking at, at, at more high-minded moral concepts like charity, like being a upstanding individual in your, you know, in your community, you know? A- a- absolutely. I-, I think that's why it's so critical. And Marcus, you, well, you know, know the deal, man. You, to be an upstanding member of the community, you got to look like one as well. Remember that that whole deal? That, that was, used to be a real thing. Like, if you look like an animal, they're not going to let you through the door. Well, guess what? Our generation and the operator, we look like animals, right? We get, we're covered in <laughs> tattoos. Our beards go down here. The door. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but, but look at you. You are, and, and I hate to turn the spotlight on you because I, I know you don't like doing it, but the influence that you have, I mean, I've watched, I've watched the videos of the Patriot Tour and the kids that come up here. That's what really gets me. And they see you, Marcus, and they know the story, and you represent something that's good, right? They, you represent something that's positive, and I think that's what, mm-hmm. what the positive aspects. You can be an individual. You can. That's what Wes is saying. You can like the things you like. You can you know, listen to Slayer and bang your head and all that. But at the same time, you operate with honor and loyalty and team. And these concepts that were drilled in us in our service, those can be replicated in the civilian world. It's not an well, that, I got mine. Actually, mean, that, when we toss those words out, that's like tossing out that you went to Harvard. Right? You know, I mean, that, they, that means something. That diploma means something. I put the work in. I learned. I studied. I read this. This says that I have this. And this mm. is what I can do. That's what, that's what we have. And then we use those words to describe what we had to go through. And, I, and it actually right. means something because, uh, you know, guys died and it's that honor and integrity. And it's the reason we carry ourselves. You know, they say military bearing, but people can identify us right when you walk in. Right. I mean, the way you carry yourself. And that's been passed down from generation to generation. It's the one link, right? The unique link because we're separated by towns and families and everything. But you throw them in the military, man, you're going to you're gonna see all kinds of Americans, all kinds of people that can get along and actually be successful. And it, this is how you do it right here. I love it. Yeah. Well, and it has, perhaps a true, the, maybe it's the only, but perhaps it's the true American melting pot is the American military, at least this day and age. I agree. It's the absolute As proof that, that, the your, that your people bowl, love the, they refer they, to the, to yeah, the country. It's, it's how you, you know your people love their country or they love each other. Is the last line of that is that they'll be willing to come out of their houses, stand on line with each other, and fight somebody else to defend it. And in order to be united, you have to have somebody willing to fight to keep keep us united. And that's that's the melting pot. There's no draft, you know. I mean, just some guy out in Podunk like us out in the country, man. Like, I think I'm going to go, f- I ain't got nothing else, man, but I can fight. Hmm. And, I, and I can get along with anybody. Come on, buddy. You know, how, how can you stand on the line and say, I can't fight with you because you're from there or this, that, and the other? That's out the door, right? Has That's why they be. 
cut our hair, strip everything away from you, and make you put, throw you in a uniform. Your identity is America. Everybody. That's why when you ask, like, hey, what does a Navy SEAL look like? Man, we look like everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, SEALs are six foot. No, we're not, man. We look like everybody, speak every language, every religion, got every attitude known to man. You're just looking at the most alpha of it. That's why our stories and our adventures are so nuts, you right? Go. You got the ice cream guy. These guys, these guys sold ice cream for, you know, coming up, man. And then, you next thing you know, we have an ice cream party. It'd be the best damn ice cream party you ever had, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter what we're doing or how hard we're playing. It is going to get so intense that it's unbelievable. Right. I love it. Well, listen, I, I, <laughs> I just really loved having Wes on, man. He, he's got such insight in, in, a, in, in such a focused manner. And the fact that what he's doing with his businesses is, is, is just tremendous. So kudos to you, Bravo Zulu brother. Keep it up. All right. Let's jump into a reader story. Now, this one, I got to tell you, gents, this one's, this one's heavy. So, but it, it's powerful in the way that it lends itself to the never quit mindset. It really teaches us that in the darkest hours, if you just don't quit, something will happen. Something, some ideas, some emotion, some feeling, some, something physically will come to you and will get you through. All right, so here we go. This one's from Derek. Thank you for your incredible stories. It's the fuel I need to keep moving forward no matter what. I was raised in a subpar home as well. I dreamed of growing up, commissioning in the Army Medical Service, and becoming a father. However, in 2009, after I had left home to pursue an Army ROTC scholarship, the man who raised me was arrested for rape of a child. It was then that the straws holding together my feeble reality broke. Unable to avoid the suffering and tragedy of the years of mistreatment, I withdrew from the ROTC, dropped out of college, and turned to alcohol, video games, and a pornography addiction. For the next year, I tried to drink myself into oblivion. But then, God sent me an angel. We were married and our son was born in 2010. Notwithstanding the joy I felt at getting the chance to be a father, I realized I had no clue how to be one. The man who raised me was no example. One of my grandfathers had cheated on and left my grandmother. The other grandfather had left my mother when she was young. The time I should have spent preparing for fatherhood, I had been spent in a hedonistic indulgence and addiction. All the while, my sweet wife couldn't understand how unfeeling I seemed to be towards my son. She couldn't see the struggle and fear I was facing inside. The pressure started to ignite symptoms of PTSD. I would get flashbacks of the man who raised me when talking to any authority figure. I would wake up in the middle of the night enraged from nightmares that persisted night after night. I became distant and withdrawn from friends and family and became increasingly alone. Instead of responding to my son's first words and steps with praise, joy, and love, I would stare blankly at him and wonder why I didn't feel anything. Eventually, my mistakes began to pile up on one another and become unavoidable. I hurt my relationship with my wife and her family. My reaction was to give up. I started to consider suicide again, thinking it would be better for my family if I wasn't in the picture. Then a thought occurred to me. My mother didn't have her father in the picture and it did just as much harm as 
me having a bad one. Clearly, suicide was not an option. Not knowing else what to do, I prayed for the first time in years. For so long, I had blamed God for the pain that had been inflicted upon my family. I wonder how it was possible for him to allow such evil to be perpetrated against the innocent. When I prayed this time, I prayed for oblivion. In my desperation, I asked to have never been born. For three days, I struggled in the turmoil of having my soul laid bare before the judgment seat and finding a withered, petrified, huskin place of a man I could have been. Eventually, my prayer changed. I prayed instead to no longer be what I am, to be different, to be changed. I remembered that I, what I had learned about Jesus Christ's sacrifice as a child, that he suffered so I could have another chance. I asked Jesus if he could show me how to be different. In that moment, my turmoil became quieter. Out of nowhere, a friend I hadn't spoken to in a year messaged me and asked if he wanted, if we wanted to get together again. He was on a mission of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And at that moment, we met. The peace I needed to feel and reassurance of the Holy Spirit was there, and I knew where I belonged. Since that day, I've been fighting to overcome my weaknesses, build my talents and abilities, and be a better father and husband than I ever imagined I could be. I am in the middle of my never quit story. And the ones you share inspire me to fight on. That's heavy. Yeah, for sure. I just, I just want to say, Derek, thank you for writing in. It, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of ability to embrace your fears, to share that with the public, to share that with us. And I commend you on your pathway to walk with Christ in this. He's been a tremendous, tremendous help for me in my life and, and especially the most recent journey I've been on. And, and he's will be a wonderful God. But, but also realize, man, you define who you are every single day. And you define what you're going to be in the actions and the love that you share with your son, with your wife, her family, and all the people that are around you. So embrace those fears, walk that path, and, and, and you're going to be all right, man. Well, you know, when, when you write it down, you can see it becomes real. Totally. The act of, of a lot, you know, we think a lot in our head, man, and then we mm. bypass it and fill it full of something else. It's not real. It's not a problem because it's only there for a little bit, but it, you know, it's kind of always there. Yep. Always there. Just write it down and send it to us so you know we can blast out over the airwaves, man. That's that's a strength. And you found it, right? You're, ne- you're in my never quit moment. And we were talking about that earlier, man. That That's whatever that... Whatever's driving you to that one direction, you figured it out, and then you turn it around, and now you're moving back up out of the rabbit's hole. That's what it is. That's it. That's it. That's it right there. That's Keep pushing. It. Listen, thank you, Derek. Thank you. I, I, you know, I, I just, what a great show. I, I want to thank Wes. Man, he was amazing. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being patient with us over all those months, man. Thanks to uh all i want to thank god i want to thank christ for your influence in my life i want to thank my children i want to thank my family uh i want to thank you guys man thank you for helping me go down this pathway of life so we can help as many people as we've been helping over this past year uh and i want to thank most importantly the listeners 
Because without you guys coming back and giving us these stories, writing in on our website on tnqpodcast.com, sharing these stories, sharing your stories on on social media with us, and, and also taking the podcast and sharing it with other people that are in need, other people that are struggling in their own unique way, because it's the pain that unites us. But it's also the ability to overcome, to face adversity, and to never quit. So thank you to all those listeners for, for being a part of our show. Marcus? Great show. I, it's always amazing when you kind of have an, an, a general background on somebody who's coming in here, man. And, and no matter how many times you hear somebody's story, even if it's the same idea coming out of their mouth, how they get through it, just the verbiage that they use delivering it just affects you in some yeah. way, right? Amen. I mean, it's kind of fire. You have like, ah, like the way you said that, man. <laughs> or oh, I already knew that, but the way you said it just fired me up. You know yeah, I knew that, but I now do. I'm excited about it. Yeah, that is the phenomenon <laughs> of this show. I mean, it blows me away, man. Every the fact that we can that we do this, well, I just can't even comprehend it. You guys keep bringing us back. So thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks to my family, man. To the yeah. To my wife for letting me come up here and mess around with you guys all the time. <laughs> uh, it truly is a blessing. I wake up every morning, man, just to see if it's real. I've gotten to that point right now in my, in my life, man, <laughs> just to see if it's real. So thank you for that. I'm out. I'm out.